baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Every single day, reality calls, and the Biden administration just hangs up. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Mark Reardon. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. The Mark Reardon Show is on now. All right, we're getting settled in here for a uh, Tuesday edition before Thanksgiving, and then we're off the rest of the week. I'm off. Sue's going to be here. I think we have Mike Elam filling in for Mark Cox on Friday. We're in best ofs on uh, Friday afternoon, Thanksgiving, and on Friday afternoon we'll have best of shows. But good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. A bunch of stuff to get to. I am uh, heading out to the desert tonight with the family to enjoy Thanksgiving and then back on Monday. Of course, I had the the unscheduled days off last week, unfortunately, so I feel like we're still playing a little catch-up. I want to get into the... Uh, we have an update this afternoon on the Marquette High School situation with the bomb threats and the shooting, and I want to get into that just a little bit. I may take some calls on that as well, because I'm very curious to see if parents have some thoughts on that, especially now that the apparently the investigations have been complete. 314-241-9797. If you have any thoughts on that, I'll get into the uh, explanation from the district here in a second. But we are going to be joined by Missouri Congresswoman Ann Wagner. We spent some great quality time with Ann at the Rock and Brews Happy Hour. That was on the Thursday before the uh, midterms. I remember kibitzing with Ann and feeling, feeling very happy about what was about to happen and uh, certainly was a little let down by the results last Tuesday. However, now it looks like the uh, the majority in the House will get to about 220, so Kevin McCarthy or whoever might be Speaker will have a majority of Republicans in the House. We'll get Ann's thoughts on that. Kevin McCarthy, by the way, is visiting the border today. We'll, um, we'll get into that. Tom Bevan from Real Clear Politics will be with me this afternoon. Mr. Kilmeade's going to drop by. One of the stories I want to share with Brian this afternoon is about my friend Chris Smith, who was known as Chris in the country, because this is the anniversary week. Um, Chris knows this better than anyone, where he was shot last year, the night before Thanksgiving, in his home by this guy named Bobby Tarr, who's now going to uh, prison for the rest of his life. He killed this woman who uh, Chris was with that night at his home, left him for dead. And then it was that Saturday morning I hear from his mom. I didn't know his mom at the time. Chris was a regular caller to my show. He was known as Chris in the country. And Sharon, his mom, reaches out that Saturday after Thanksgiving and says, hey, are you the radio guy? Chris um, was shot in the head. This is his mom. And I'm like, wait, what? And we've chronicled this story. And it really, you've seen Channel 4 and Channel 5 and some of the other 
media outlets in St. Louis. Jump on it. I think he's getting some national attention as well, maybe in like a dateline. I'm going to try to put him on Brian Kilmeade's radar as Brian's getting ready to head in to St. Louis a week from. You know what? I think in my mind it was a week from this Friday. It is not. It is, is it? It's two weeks from Friday. Oh, that's but right. But things are happening so quickly. I just want to make sure. We do have tickets available for that. If you go to 971talk.com, you'll see the link on the front page to the Kilmeade event. You get a book. You get dinner. It's going to be an amazing event. This being at the MAC downtown Ooh, is really awesome. Oh, yeah, it's Ooh, it's it, beautiful. It is beautiful. There's a lot of history there. So Brian will be with, with me in the next hour. We have not visited with our, our friend Dr. Buzz Hollander from the Big Island of Hawaii. He's going to swing by for a visit this afternoon. And Tim Summer, music journalist, former record exec. I do want to talk about the whole T-Swifty Ticketmaster debacle because mm-hmm. that's gotten a lot of, uh, a lot of people... Worked up a little bit. You know, I heard something, and I'll have to ask Tim about this. I think I heard the demand. How many people are on the planet right now, Sue? Do we know? I, uh, no. How I don't many know. People, people live on Earth? Here, I'm just going to do that real quick. Google's right here with me. Okay. Uh, Eight billion people. Okay. All right. Uh, I heard that the, the demand, this seems a little high to me, but maybe. Maybe it's just because all the bots. I never really quite understand any of that, too. That the demand, there were like 3 billion people that were trying to get tickets for a T-Swifty concert. And some ridiculous stat that they shot out in one of the stories I heard yesterday is that would mean she'd have to do a stadium... She'd have to do a stadium show every night for the next 900 years or something like that. Three billion. There's no way that's true. I'm going to throw the challenge flag there on that, no too. Way right. Well, that's but I mean, true. that's a, it's a global thing, but that seems a little. There's no way. Thank you. Okay. I, I don't think there is either, but that's the number that I heard. And why would the media really care about what they're throwing around? It doesn't have to be a fact. You can just throw it out there. Were, and... were they trying to, you know, there are three billion people. I mean, in a non serious way, something that I would say. No. No, no, no. They it were they were trying numbers? they were trying Give to crunch the numbers in a way because I'm telling you they gave me the stat like that would mean Taylor Swift would have to do a stadium concert um, every night for nine. No, I, I don't get it. But the the Ticketmaster thing is real, and this is where I kind of Tim and I have gotten to know each other over the years because he's been a great music resource for me, and he's got an amazing background in the record business. You know, he chimed in on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, recipients a couple of weeks ago. But he's made it very clear, and this is never a problem, that his politics are very different than mine. Mm-hmm. However, where we kind of cross over is, and this is what's happened with Bill Maher and others, there's a bunch of people on the left that are more libertarian, and they're kind of horrified by some of the nonsense that's going on out there as well with the woke stuff in entertainment. And I think that Tim Summers certainly in that camp. He might even be watching and listening right now. Mm-hmm. He does that on the days that he's on. I think he pays attention. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just listens all the time. But... Um, I think I was going to make a broader point there on, what, on the Tim's fact background. That you get a, oh, he oh. said something about T-Swift. Well, no, I, I just want to find out. Oh, this is what it was politically. Yes. Thank you, Sue. Yes. That brain kind of coming to you. I, I might agree with AOC on this issue. Remember what AOC said last week? Because Ticketmaster is now owned by Live Nation, so they essentially have a monopoly. And one of the things about these ticket situations that is interesting to me is the big artists will say, all right, we're going to do this situation with Ticketmaster, and then we have the, the platinum seats. Like, you can officially resell your Ticketmaster seats with Ticketmaster, so Ticketmaster makes the money and not StubHub, right? So when you do that as an artist, what's the goal of that? What, what are you trying to do? So you're you're Taylor Swift, right? You don't want you want your fans to be able to get the tickets. Yes. You're trying to bust the scalpers, which yes. is why you have your fans register and you want to make sure an email address is attached to a real person and not a bot and all that stuff, right? At one point, is it just easier for me to buy from a scalper? Well, my 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 point. Well, yeah, that's a good. My point is is that they're trying to bust up the scalpers, right? Sure. 
However, they're really not doing it because what they're doing right. is they're offering a resale ticket on Ticketmaster, which is just as much as what StubHub or exactly. another ticket broker would cost. And they make it more difficult and it's more of a nightmare. Yes. And and by the way, if the goal here, this is what's interesting to me. If the goal is to allow regular fans that don't have thousands of dollars to spend on tickets, the ability to buy tickets, it's not working because What's happening is the people of means who want to take their kids to Taylor Swift or they want to go, they're buying it on the Ticketmaster and correct if I'm wrong, there was a $50, wasn't it you who said that $50 service charge per ticket? Well, I, <laughs> it, it could have been. I know. Here's what I do know. My, my son was in town over the weekend, and there's some – I think I saw this on the front page of the Post today. There's a Is there a rap artist from here called like Smino or something like that? Have you ever heard of that? Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Nope, I no? do not. Well, doing a show at the Stiefel – in a few weeks, right? So my son said something about that, and I looked at the tickets, and you know, I think that there were some resale ones up there when I looked, and I found a couple that weren't that expensive. I think they were like 90 bucks or something like that, and I said to him, I said, well, I was ready to press go. I said, this could be a little uh, present from Santa if you're interested, and then I looked at the, uh, the tickets. They were slapping, I think it was $38 or $48 per ticket as a fee on that seat, too. So the $100 ticket was then $150 or $160. That's what I mean. It's outrageous. And if they own everything, how about we knock that off? Yes. So that's where I'm a little, I mean, uncomfortable territory because I I may agree with AOC, but Tim's going to break all that down for us a little bit later this afternoon. Okay. Let me me get into this. the Marquette situation. You want to hear something really interesting? Yes. You know what happened last week? You had Marquette High School in the Rockwood School District out in West St. Louis County um, shut down early because there was a bomb threat that was, you know, dropped on the school. So they sent the kids home. And then on Friday, what happened is there was sort of a repeat. And somebody, it was described this way, as they airdropped a message. And if you remember the message, I can kind of go over this The with message you. was very specific. Yeah, it was very specific. It said, I'm going to read it to you here. It says, I'm so tired of being the outcast. Nobody knows how I feel inside. The counselors don't listen. My parents don't listen. My friends think I'm happy. I want everyone to know how I blanking feel. 12 o'clock, MHS, be ready. The bomb threat wasn't a joke, but I'm not here with a blanking bomb. It's something that I can aim with while you run in fear. Third floor, you're my first stop. Stay safe, Marquette, room 360, I'll see you at 12 noon. So that's kind of ominous and a, a pretty, you know, imposing message, right? So then they they send everyone home on Friday. And then this actually goes into a different territory. As you might remember, we kind of went over this yesterday where they shut school down Monday and Tuesday out of an abundance of caution, right? Well, here's what, now I'm going to tell you something that, that shocked me, and I don't have this 100% buttoned up, but I'm told by a, a fair number of people that this is true. These were girls, not boys. These were girls who, yeah, two girls, at least one, because I am getting some conflicting information. I have good sources that tell me girls. Then I had one person that said, whose son goes there, says, well, I was told it was a boy. But think about that. What in the world and we don't on. know yet officially which it is. So well, we're I'm going still... to tell you what the district said. And by the way, if anyone knows any information we'd like to share it here this afternoon, um, we're not going to use names or anything like that. But if you do want to weigh in, because one of the questions I had yesterday for parents is, what, how do you handle this in the future? 241-9797. So here is the, uh, the email that went out from Dr. Hankins, who's the principal at Marquette. We're pleased to share 
that in conjunction with the Chesterfield Police Department, we've identified the student responsible for the threat that resulted in Marquette needing to be evacuated on Friday. Now, they had already solved the problem. In fact, my understanding is, is that in the Thursday situation, they, they nailed that down very quickly and they got the person to admit. They did a little detective work and it wasn't too difficult. Yeah. So he says, Rockwood and Chesterfield Police take any threat to student and staff safety as a serious matter. Thanks to our law enforcement partners and their tireless deduction, I'm sorry, dedication and efforts. The student responsible for Thursday's threat and the student responsible for Friday's threat were identified quickly. Although we cannot share specifics related to any individual student or discipline matters, we can share that there will be serious consequences for anyone that puts our staff and student safety at risk. Now, I was told that the, uh, the girl from Thursday is being expelled, but perhaps not prosecuted. I don't know why that is, because here's the message I would send, and I I would hope that the parents would send this message. Two things need to happen here, and there's no wiggle room, nothing like that, okay? Dr. Kane, the rest of you at Marquette, the student needs to be expelled. The student needs to be prosecuted. Now, if there's a reason that Chesterfield can't prosecute because of evidence or who knows, there might be particulars there that might make prosecution a bit of a challenge, but... Good Lord, don't you want to send the message here? This can't happen. We're going to find you. We're not going to shut school down. The thing that's frustrating to me is Dr. Hankin, who sends this out, this this message, Dr. Hankins, they knew all this on, on Saturday. Okay, they knew this on Saturday at the very latest Sunday. They did not have to close school down on Monday and Tuesday. This message could have gone out to the parents saying, we've solved this. Here's the deal. We understand there's a lot of emotion involved. We're going to have school because if we don't have school... We're negotiating with terrorists, basically. I, I understand what you're saying. Here's what I would like to know. And had, did they say anything? We've talked to the student. It was an empty threat. Or, yes, we went to this person's house and they were armed to the teeth. I mean, did they at any point say this was not a credible threat? It was just somebody throwing it out there. No, that is the key question. You have kind of honed in on the main question here because I don't know that we have the answer. I'm, I'm assuming that the district officials and the police know that because based on the message that I read to you, that was the, and this is the other thing. You know, we talked to George Rosenthal yesterday about the airdropping. Mm-hmm. It's my understanding at this point that it wasn't necessarily like airdropping. It was maybe something along the lines of snap dropping. I don't know if that's a snap. It's a little oh, different than airdrop. Okay. That's all. Okay, is is what I was told. Well, if then you could find out whose account it was if it was a Snapchat. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I still think there's a lot of questions that need to be answered here. But the main question is yes. Was this something that someone was trying to do because they had um, animosity toward the school? They had reasons that were pent up, and the message is very clear. Or was it someone just being a 16-, 17-year-old, 18-year-old idiot who wanted to wreak havoc on the school? Right. Because it certainly sounds like the latter. And I don't know that it matters when it comes to the consequences of the punishment. Well, if you're taking days off, I can see that if it were a credible threat. We went to the house. There were guns. There were uh, obvious thing. If it's just a hoax, I'm not sure that well, you need. I think the parents deserve to know that. And I, I, don't, do I don't think too. they're telling. So I, here's I what think, he says yeah. in the email. We encourage and appreciate when our students, parents, staff members bring anything concerning to our attention as a reminder um we utilize a secure tip line through Courage to Report. Anyone can submit a concern of any kind. But then he kind of goes into uh, the defense of giving the kids those two days off. It will take time to process and heal from the events. That Really? If it were real. Really? If no, it... I, I think you're okay. I think that you got a, a, a couple of idiot kids that were able to, you know, work the administration and the police over in a way that you canceled school for four days. So congratulations on that. This was needed time for our staff to come together and process the events 
so that they could prepare from where our students prepare for when our students return you got you got a fake bomb threat and a fake shooting threat there's no preparation you tell the kids it was all a hoax there was nothing serious about it we had to take it seriously because if we don't then there's consequences but you move on and you start talking about getting kids back into class that, that's amazing to me the way that I, I think these districts have to sit back and I hope those of you that are maybe board members in other school districts think about how you might handle this in the future because I don't think this is the best way to handle it. And it's going to keep happening, let's face it. But the most important thing, at least from my perspective, is that the strong message is sent so the rest of the students know how easy it was to find these kids. It didn't take them that long at all. But whether it was two girls or not is fascinating to me. What the hell is that all about? Everything confuses me these days. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Reaching for the uh, the sheet that has all the details here on the Kill Meet event because we do have tickets available. This, by the way, would make a fine stocking stuffer for someone, right? Actually, yeah. So just say, hey, here's your early Christmas present. It's going to be a great night. The tickets are $95 each, but you get a lot. You get the reception, the, the book, the book signing, dinner. There's the program. We're going to get going at the MAC right after my show on the uh, the 9th, 6 p.m. Brian um, is going to be traveling that afternoon. He may not be there till closer to 6.30 or 7, but we'll get him there as quickly as possible. So there's a little meet and greet. There's dinner with filet mignon. Look, the MAC, they do it right. I'm yeah, just telling they you. do. It's not easy to you know cook for a bunch Damn. of people at the same time, but I promise you the food is going to be outstanding. The program starts at 8. We're going to do a little Q&A afterwards and a book signing and uh, get you on your way. But it's going to be a lot of fun. If you go to 971talk.com slash events, you can buy your tickets. You can buy tickets for your friends. Come one, come all. And we'll see you in a couple of uh, Fridays. I think I had it in my mind that it was next week, but it is in two weeks. Two weeks from this Friday. A little bit later in the show this hour, we're going to talk with um, Dr. Buzz Hollander. I'm sorry. He's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour from the Big Island of Hawaii talking about the triple-demic. You know, everybody's getting RSV, all these kids. Look, my household has been very sick, but the hospitals are getting busy because we've all been wearing masks and no one's been getting infected with anything. And now now we have uh, that to pay for. So we'll get with Dr. Hollander a little later. Tom Bevan with Real Clear Politics later this hour as well. Missouri Congressman Ann Wagner is with me this afternoon. How are you? I, I'm I'm great. I'm here in the heart of Missouri's second district and trying to figure out, uh, like a whole, whole lot of folks, how I'm going to pull off Thanksgiving on Thursday with all the family. <laughs> yeah, what is what is the Wagner family tradition? We were chatting just a little bit before we hit the air here. I am, um, and I think the audience knows this. I'm heading out to the desert to enjoy Thanksgiving in Las Vegas. So, what's the plan this week? Well, you know, I've got all my kids and great grandkids in town, and uh, you know, they've got they've got very specific things they want. They like mom's stuffing, which I do with with pork sausage and yeah. white raisins and pecans and all. You know, I mean, they've got all they got the set appetizers that they like. They've got I make a homemade pumpkin and and apple and uh, these killer Brussels sprouts. I know everybody says ew, but no, I don't. I don't say you because I, I, you know, I hated them when I was a kid. I used to like my mom and dad used to force me to eat them. I'd just eat them whole with milk. But I've discovered as an adult, like roasted uh, Brussels oh. sprouts and really good recipes oh. that are great. 
with bacon and and, yes. and onions and a, and a a little you know a little bit of, of brown sugar. Oh my goodness, they're fantastic. So anyway, we've got all sorts of traditions, and they'll start with the Macy's Day Parade that morning. So there you go. Well, <laughs> you know, producer Fred Bottomer is is actually going to be there at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. He's heading out to see uh, his family. He's going to hang out in New York for the parade. How about that? Oh, that's awesome. I hope they've got great weather. I, I know they had some snow in uh, in New York, but I don't think it hit the city. So that's uh, that would be very special. Never done that. On the bucket list. <laughs> yeah, I never have done that either. So when we last visited a couple of weeks ago at the Rock and Brews Happy Hour, you came out and greeted us. It was right before the midterm election. You and I were both rather optimistic, Ann, if you remember correctly, <laughs> about what might happen on that following Tuesday. And I mean, yeah. and I'm always wrong. I should have just realized that I'm always wrong about these things anyway. And it wasn't quite as rosy red as we had anticipated, but you got the house, right? We, we got the house. I try, I try and uh, remind folks over and over again that uh, we did score a major victory on Election Day by, by taking back the house. It is certainly not by the margins that we would have, uh, would have liked. I think right now uh, it's, uh, a couple things are still out in, um, I think, Valadeo rates and Kylie rates are still out in California. So, we're either going to be 221 to the Democrats, 214, or 222 to the Democrats, 213. So we're only going to have a slim seven-seat or eight-seat uh, majority. So it's going to be it's going to be uh, pretty it's going to be tough to see how we move things through the floor, especially when we do away with proxy voting and all those other gimmicks that Pelosi has been doing for the past uh, almost four years. Well, kind of walk us through the process of the uh, the leadership votes that, that happened last week and how this will play out in, you know, in January, because Kevin McCarthy is is most likely and you're the expert. You're going to explain how this happens, but he is likely to be the next speaker. But he does have some challenges, right, because not everyone is on board right now. So how does that work itself out, I guess, is the question. Well, we meet as a conference, okay, and anybody who um, who won, and this is the incoming conference, the in- incoming Republicans that were just elected by the voters. We sat down. We had two big, long six-hour meetings where we voted in our, our leadership, and uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, won uh, overwhelmingly uh, um, on that vote uh, to be Speaker of the House. And then Steve Scalise, leader, and then we had Tom Ember Whip and Elise Stefanik is our is our conference chair. Then we had a big rules package that kind of govern our Republican conference. And we're only halfway through the 24 amendments that have been put forward. So we, we got through about half of that. So that's all process stuff. What matters is um, is what happens on January 3rd when we put our hands on the on our uh, Bibles, raise our right hands and and. Uh, and take an oath of office to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And then Kevin McCarthy, after we're sworn in, has to get to 218 on the the House, uh, the floor of the House of, of Representatives. So that right now, I don't know. Um, you know, I think he's going to get there. Uh, he's got to get there. We can't govern without a speaker. It'll go to uh, ballot after ballot. That's happened before. It's been a number of years, but... Um, I think they're, you know, he's, I don't know what backroom deals he's working on right now, whether it has to do with rule changes or, or who gets certain gavels or um, whatever. All I know is he helped get us there. Um, uh, we, we, we're there to govern and get things done. The American people are counting on us, and we've got to deliver. And that means stopping the spending that's out of control and all the government-free stuff. 
uh, doing the proper oversight that's got to be done, whether that has to do with the alphabet soup of agencies that I deal with, for instance, in foreign affairs, or pardon me, in financial services, um, oversight on things like speaking of foreign affairs, which I'm also on, uh, getting back to our disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, origins of COVID. I mean, so there's governing things um, uh, and stopping the spending. There's oversight. And then we've got to you know, be sure that we can govern and put forward a, an agenda that's going to deal with inflation and open borders and crime and all the things that, that I think American energy independence that people care about. So that's what we have to get to. But first, we've got to get uh, a speaker elected on January 3rd. Congresswoman Ann Wagner is with me this afternoon. So some of those priorities do include, I think we've heard from Jim Jordan and others, investigations of this White House, right? Uh, sure. I mean, you've got uh, the Oversight Committee, uh, which is uh, run by James Comer. And on, on the Republican side, he'll have the, the, the chairmanship there. Uh, Jim Jordan runs the judiciary. They will work in tandem on on some other uh, oversight issues that, that I think they were putting something out vis-a-vis Joe Biden's involvement with his son and China and um, and, and other activities in, in that regard. I'm going to focus my oversight on the Financial Services Committee and um, and and some of the the agencies that are really like the, the, the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, that's putting overburdensome rules and regulations that are costing real investors, retail investors, customers out there, their retirement uh, portfolios, et cetera, you know, raising costs, giving them uh, fewer choices and, and less access. So I'm going to go after those. I am interested in, and we've never had one hearing marked on, um, on our disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan and, and sitting on foreign affairs. I, I hope we yeah. get to the bottom I, of that. I think there's some fair uh, questions that need to be answered there. There's no doubt about it. Um, for certain. Congresswoman Ann Wagner. So let me let me take you back to, to just a couple weeks ago with the elections, too, because I'm sure you heard what Senator Hawley said about the uh, the reasons for the red wave not manifesting itself. He was quite critical of the party and, and of leadership in the party. What's your response to those um, criticisms? Well, what, what I'm seeing, to be perfectly honest, is, is that candidates matter and that people rejected um, uh, I'll, I'll say extremes on both ends of the, 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 the spectrum. They didn't like some of the far right wing extremists or some of the far left wing extremists, like my opponent was, to be perfectly honest. They, they liked folks that were willing to get things done, that were, they were willing to, to you know, uphold their principles, but are real doers that get things done. As I've touted before, I've passed 10, 10 bills through uh, the U.S. House of Representatives here in the 117th Congress, Three are laws, and by the end of the year, three more will be laws. So they wanted candidates that were willing to govern from the, the I'd say, the middle. I, um, I actually won the new second district with a 12 percent margin. Um, however, I can also say that uh, 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 the person ahead of me on the ballot at the federal level only won the second district by a 3 percent margin. So I'd say candidates matter. Um, they didn't want extremes. Uh, I'd also say we're learning more about the independence and the independence uh, vote broke uh, late and it broke for Democrats. And whether that had to do with the Dobbs decision, whether um, it, it, it had to do with them not really blaming uh, Biden for inflation is kind of a mixed bag of 
of uh, of answers there. But uh, uh, but we're just looking forward, happy to have the the majority, and and uh, are are going to do whatever we can to to uh, make it clear that we're there to govern. And if if the president wants to come along and be a partner in this and deal with this influx over the border and fentanyl and inflation and the out of control spending and our energy independence, then we are, we are all in. Yeah. And you know, what needs to be a priority is uh, climate change reparations to third world nations. And this is really, this is one of those issues uh, I would say that sets me off and a lot of other people. <laughs> and I get in the whole scheme of thing, we're dropping money into buckets all over the world. The United States is and always has been. But when you think about the money that is, necessary here for whatever the purpose might be hardening the schools mental health for kids you know education all kinds of things and we're sending hundreds of millions of dollars for climate change reparations that doesn't sit well with the american people at least the ones that voted the right way two weeks ago it's absolutely insane you know and if we want to talk about spending well why on earth is is uh uh, is this administration want to uh, uh, hire 86,000 new IRS agents when we should be hiring Border Patrol agents right, to stop exactly. the influx of, of crime and fentanyl and, uh, and just uh, illegal migrants, millions of them across the border? I just cannot believe what a crisis this is and the fact that, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the woman in charge of the border, our vice president, has been down there one time in June of 2021. The president's never been, and she's never been back, and here we are. Um, you know, why, why are we dependent upon ayatollahs and dictators for our own energy independence? Part of the problem that people aren't able to afford Thanksgiving dinners this, this year, or it's really um, uh, making it difficult for them, is the fact that uh, it's not just supply chain issues, but it's the cost of energy. Diesel is, is, um, is at a, a catastrophic level. If and soon it's going to be hard to even uh, even get. And we have the opportunity to be energy independent ourselves here in America and to use it as an export, a revenue drawer uh, for us in the, in the U.S. So, you know, there's a, a lot that needs to be done. Um, we, we're going to we're going to stop this. The government giveaways and, and the trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars of spending. Um, we're going to do the proper oversight, and uh, and then we're going to put forward an agenda, and the president can either be with us or, um, you know, he proceeds at his own peril down the road in the 24 election. Congresswoman Ann Wagner, hey, uh, save some of that stuffing for me because that recipe sounded pretty darn good, and you have a great Thanksgiving. My best to Ray and the family. Thank you, and to you, too. Have a, have a great trip. And a great celebration of yourself and to all of your listeners. This is the best time of the year, not just to be with family and friends, but also to give thanks for, for that that um, uh, has, has blessed our lives. So thanks for the opportunity. Thank you, Ann. We'll talk soon. You bet. We have uh, Sue's News after the top of the hour. We'll also give you the very latest on Fred and my attempt to secure a nice boarding position on Southwest <laughs> Airlines since we're both flying either tonight or tomorrow. We chronicled that effort yesterday. I think we have to kind of come through for the audience this afternoon oh, sure. what our um, boarding positions are because I'm, I'm sure that there were some bets that were placed. Uh, <laughs> Kilmeade's going to join us. We're going to promote his event. He's coming to town in a couple of weeks. Dr. Hollander a little later. Tim Summer on the T-Swifty 
Ticketmaster debacle. I like this story, though, and this doesn't really surprise me, although why, why they just do it for a year. You know, uh, if you just go past, what's the street that we work on here? Uh, that would Olive, be Olive or Market. Right? So mm-hmm. if you go up there to uh, Tucker, right? Tucker's yeah. right up there. Mm-hmm. If you go a little bit east, that's the block right where the KFC is and um, our building is the Park Pacific building. But if you just go a little bit north of that, there's a shell station where you can get shot or, you know, get some soda or coffee. Did you see what they did to that place? I, I, I mean, no. That, I have, I have a, a friend who's a police officer in the city of St. Louis, and he said, that, I can't remember if it was the summer, I think it was the summer of 2020, you know, in the aftermath of George Floyd, there was that big shootout that was down there. He said he had never in his entire years of being a cop had experienced that much bullets and gunfire back and forth. So they've shut the place down. City Hall ordered that gas station shut down and boarded up for a year, calling it a threat to the safety and welfare of nearby residents. I think I can raise my hand and say, yeah. So the station has 30 days to vacate its premises once the order is posted. (laughs) Well, wait a minute. So it's been open since the actual shootings two years ago? Oh, it's been open all the time. Yeah, And and they're saying, so it's just a dangerous place to structure or just the people? I don't understand what the issue is. Here's what I'll tell you. I went to that place one time. We had an ice storm a few years ago. It was the one on a Friday. Oh, yeah. And it was just a complete shock. And I had to go on 55 because I lived in Jeffco Fenton at the time. And it took me five hours to get home. But I went that night to get gas at that gas station to make sure that I had gas. And I remember kind of slipping and sliding down the, um, the road to get there. But I also remember this. It did not give me a sense of feeling safe to get out of my car at that particular shell station. Now, this is just—here's what's amazing to me. That's just two blocks away from where we're sitting right now. It's not that far away, but you kind of got a different feel. So what they say in the uh, the local paper story here is um, the opposition to the station goes back to 2017 when some of its owners—by the way, I'm not so sure this isn't the same guy that was— involved with bringing down Lewis Reed and everybody. They were indicted on selling counterfeit cigarettes and synthetic drugs. Yeah, it's the same guy. This is amazing. Someone needs to do like a documentary on this guy, Mohammed Almutin. Maybe it's me that should do it. Because in the story, it says, Almutin was later an informant in the federal bribery case against three members of the St. Louis Board of Aldermen. All three resigned and pleaded guilty and are headed to federal prison. So they had uh, a nuisance order in 2018, fights on unruly behavior, 2019, 2020, 21, 22. In August, the story says officials decided they had had enough. They set a hearing for October on whether to board up the place. Police officers testified about how people had been shot while sitting in their cars, walking across the lot and running away. There was the time they found a woman lying on the floor in the store in and out of consciousness, suffering from gunshot wounds to her legs. And then there was a time that they found a man fatally shot in the face inside the store. I mean, yeah. The attorney for the station argued requiring the um, full security that was recommended was unreasonable. No, I don't think so. I think Mm. it's absolutely reasonable. What's better, full-time security or being shut down for a year? Yeah, full-time security for sure. I I would say. So in the order that was dated on Sunday, he told the station owners to board up the doors and the windows and get out. And I don't know if they did that. I suppose we could take a little ride here down the block and see if, in fact, they did. But that place has been trouble for a long time. And it just seems right that they would try to shut it down. But here's the other thing. Well, there, mean, there's it, not another gas. Where's the other gas station that's near 
this location in downtown, if you just need to get something at a convenience store, there's the Schnooks. You can go down a few blocks. Yeah. But there, I guess the problem is for people who live in the city and who have actual needs filling their car with gasoline, that shuts down another option. That's and some what of the people, I mean. Some of these people, they don't even have cars. They're walking there to get things because they live nearby and now they don't have anything. There's a BP at 14th and Shoto. And that one I would never go to. I've gone if, there. If you paid oh. me... I'd never, ever go to that one. I've gone to that multiple times. Oh, my God. I drive. That's the one where I had about the 14-year-old kid that pulled a gun out right in front of me as he was going to the bus stop about a year ago. Mm -hmm. That one looks more dangerous than the one that's the shell station. let's, Let's take all the emotion out of it. Take all of that out of it. They are shutting down a business because of bad behavior at the business. Is that the business owner's fault? It is the business owner's fault if they're asked to do things and to comply with things from the city and say, look, we, we think that your business is unsafe and you're not doing enough to make it safer. Okay, so they probably said to them, you have to get security or you're out. Yeah. And he couldn't do well, it or didn't was, do this it. This was a long list. I mean, they've had things that have happened year after year after year after year after year. But it is a legitimate question. Is it the business owner's fault or is it you know, the city's fault because you have For, all these criminals yeah. that are- I don't know. I don't know what the answer is either, but um, look, my advice if you're coming through the city of St. Louis, don't go to a gas station that's on Shoto or down here on Tucker because it's just not safe. I wish I could say it is. Some of these things that we're talking about, they happen literally in the middle of the day. There's shootings. These aren't things that happen deep into the morning hours at 2 a.m. or late on a Friday or Saturday night. They happen all the time, and unfortunately, that's just the kind of clientele that they're drawing in. Unfortunately, I did find it interesting, though, and I'd like to find out if they shut it down because wouldn't be surprising to me if they said, forget it. What are you going to do? Sick the lawyers on us and we'll fight it. We'll take a break here at the top of the hour. When we return, ladies and gentlemen, Sue's going to be back here with Sue's News. I do think we're going to have a quick visit with Mark Cox. He has the uh, Responder Rescue Raffle going on tomorrow. Some great prizes and an opportunity to still get involved in that. Mr. Kilmeade's going to drop by. We're getting closer and closer to his visit here in St. Louis at the MAC on the 9th of December, sponsored by our friends at Straight Realty. You can still get tickets at 971talk.com. We'll talk with Brian right around 425 this afternoon on St. Louis's home for conservative talk, 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 